5. We'll start in verse 16. Under the influence. This isn't under the influence of a foreign substance. This isn't under the influence of evil. This isn't under the influence. What we're going around, we're giving the devil way too much credit on his power of influences. Why not go ahead and give God the credit of the power that he has given us to be under the influence of his prayer world? Amen? See, there are going to be more influences that I'm going to be speaking about. And with these uh, influences, we're going to get closer and stronger in the kingdom of God. Amen? Rejoice evermore. Wow. Rejoice evermore. Can we get some rejoicing going on in here? Can we get some rejoicing here? If you really believe that God is answering your prayer, can you show him the power, the level of faith that you're having in the prayer that you prayed, that he is taking care of that need and he's doing it a God way, not a man's way. In other words, when he gets a hold of it, it's a lot better than we could ever thought about it and ever ask him for, amen? He is more than we can think and ask, amen? So not only is he healing your body, Pastor Chuck, he's got getting you a brand new, uh, and then he's also bringing you two levels uh, that you go through infirmities that you may see infirmities healed. You've asked God to use you in the gift of healing and God says then I will show you healing in your body and I'll raise you up that you will see healing in other people. Can somebody give God praise? Somebody give glory in this house. I promise I'll try to not get too loud. But it is an eye. Rejoice evermore. I don't know if you caught that, brother. You ever ask God to let you be used and praying for people and they heal? The Lord said in he'll, infirmity that you'll be healed through in your body, you'll see how he works and how he heals, and that way you'll pray. When I begin to work in the gifts and, and the Lord allowed me, and, and during the time of, of ministry when I was out preaching revivals, I saw a lot of people healed. The deaf would hear, the blind would see, the dumb would talk, and the lame would totally paralyze, would walk down the middle of the aisle uh, right up in Kelso, Washington. And so those miracle days aren't over. And I said, God, I'd love to see them in the church, you know, in the church. And But the thing is, is that this began but I began to take on the infirmity. I would have symptoms. I would have symptoms, and I would know that I wasn't sick, but I would carry a pain, and I'd get into that place, and God would call it out, and that person would come. One time he said, you're going to meet a lady in a pink dress, and, then, and she's going to be healed. Then one time it was a blue dress. And I said, Lord, and when I get there, there they come. I never knew them. Here they come. And God would touch them and heal them, and immediately that pain would go away. One time I couldn't hardly walk my knee. I said, Lord, I ain't got nothing wrong with my knee, and I, I couldn't hardly walk. I couldn't even raise my leg. I said, Lord, what's going on with my knee and all at once I got to the place where I was preaching at and there was a person that had been hit by a car and they had been messed up from the floor up but they came and all at once in the middle of prayer over in Holdenville, Oklahoma that, that watch this, this woman came and was getting prayed for and all at once uh, the, all the bones that were damaged in that wreck, you could hear them popping as we prayed for her my friend, that's the God that I served and the pain went away because why? I carried their pain until you know what it is that they really need and how they need it, you'll get to a level of prayer. And I'm going to talk about prayer. 
when our life is influenced by prayer and we live with a mind that is continuously on God, then we will do everything with a prayerful heart. The way we do this is like having a radio playing. If I would give you an analogy of this, and this person says, the Bible, well, let me get there. Let me read it, and then let me tell you, okay? He says this. He says, uh, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. I don't know if you can grab it. Pray without ceasing. How do I do that? God, I got to work. I got to, you know, talk to people. Excuse me. Uh, how are you today, oh, Lord Jesus? No. It's, that, that, it's kind of like having a radio playing in the background while you do your work. Oh, come on. It's running in your spirit all the time. Your love to God, your thanks to God, your adoration to God, and you're continuously thinking about the Lord. And it's okay just in a moment of time when something is said, you automatically say, praise God. Why? Because that heart is in a position of prayer. Anybody get that? It's kind of like having music played in the background. And like a lot of times when I'm preaching, I like to have some good praise music or worship music or altar style music. That's when I'm preaching. I like that because why? It's, it's kind of like having worship to the Lord while I'm preaching his word. Brother Tom, go ahead and get me some of that altar music. I want to show you what I'm talking about. The influence of prayer is simply staying in communication with God in all we do at all times. How can I be like that? I've been out on the golf courses. I do plan on playing golf more this year. I've been here, living here about going on five years, and I ain't got to play maybe ten times. But out there, you just get to, you know, you may hit a bad shot, right in the middle of the bad shot and it's way over in the woods. God lets you go through the walk through the wood and you got to see what God's been doing. He said, pray without ceasing, ceasing in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What did he say? In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning Jesus Christ. Listen. In Christ Jesus concerning you, you've been wanting to know the will of God. He's a pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. See, the thing is, the devil don't want you to pray because prayer is going to break you through. Through Number one, without prayer, you'll, without prayer, you'll never be able to repent nor have salvation. Salvation is birth on a word of prayer. Prayer is simply communicating with God and leaving the rest of the world out. The greatest thing that the devil will fight against you is your communication with God. He doesn't want you talking with God because he knows when you talk with God, you're closer to God. When you're closer to God, you're further away from the temptations of this world. And the devil wants to overcome you, but guess what? You've got into a place that you have a habit, and it's called a prayer habit. And when you pray continuously and all the time, you just have God upon your heart. You say, well, I don't know if I want to live that kind of life. Let me tell you something. It's the best life I've ever found. I've learned to get it with God that I've always said a big old man about my size, 235 pounds, six foot two and a half, used to be six foot three and a half. That men didn't cry. You ain't gonna make me cry. 
Actually, back when I was younger, I'd get in a fight, I'd hit myself. Say, is that all you got, son? I can hit myself harder than that. Bring it on. I refuse to cry. But when I get the prayer heart on, when I get into his presence, and tears are a language that God understands, and all of your ego and all of your reputations and all of your strengths and power that you believe you are finds the one that has all strength and all power and all glory and he's in love with you and he cares about you and he wants to meet your need according to his precious love that's in glory and I can't help but stand in his presence and as I pray Tears flow down my face. Tears open the avenue of a God connection type. It opens up the portals of that relationship with God. Now, you don't have to pray way up in the heavens. Let me talk to you about prayer. Have you ever prayed that it seemed like it didn't go anywhere, but right off the tip of your nose, and you just don't feel like it's going nowhere? Have you anybody ever prayed like that, and you just don't feel like it's going anywhere? And the first thing the devil tells you, that God's not hearing you, and God doesn't care about you, and that you're, you're doing so bad that God, God don't want nothing to do with you. Have you ever heard that? When you're praying, you say, God, I don't understand. I'm having problems praying. Let me share something with you. Larry Wright came to me, and he says, uh, uh, he said, Bishop, I, I'm having a hard time praying. I'm having a hard time praising. And I said, what do you mean you have a hard time? He says, well, I don't feel that connection. I don't feel that openness. I don't feel that. I said, because you don't have to. I said, when it feels like it's hitting off the tip of your nose, it don't need to go any further because that's how close he is to you. You're looking for a feeling, and God's a fact. He gets so close to you that his face is right in your face. And every word that proceeds from your mouth goes into his ears and his very breath is right there with you. And if you'll take your hand and you start talking, it feels a little different when I have this open air area, but there's no distance. And he showed me that day I was praying. I said, God, I don't know where you're at. I really mean what I'm praying, God. But it feels like it's not going anywhere. He says, Call my name, he said, Tim, it don't have to go any further. That's how close I am to you. And all I could do was weep. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you until the ends of the world. Why do we have to pray? Why does God want us to pray? Anybody got, he said he knows our needs before we ask, but why would he want us to ask? Why then does the Bible emphasize prayer? Why would prayer do any good? By praying, we are asking the omnipotent and loving God of the universe to intervene and provide help to those who are in need. He is both able and willing to answer these prayers. In Matthew 7, 7 through 11, you'll find that when God waits for us to make a request and then responds to it, 
rather than fulfilling the need before we ask, he is interacting with us. He is interacting with us and teaching us about himself. That he does love us and care for our needs and that he is faithful and will respond to us when we ask him for what is good. Four types of prayers. Let me get into the four types of prayers. There's a prayer of adoration. Even the Catholic Church bases their prayer life on these four. Adoration. Praising God. Have you ever just went to God and praised Him? Just got to talking to Him? You weren't asking for anything. You just came because you wanted to be in communication with him. How many of you drive down the road and you're just talking to Jesus? You talk to Jesus, you won't be showing birds to everybody. You won't cuss people out when they don't go as fast as you want them to. You won't be over there screaming and hollering and banging on the steering wheel because uh, they're not being as hasty as you want them to be. But when you're in prayer, it seems like all of those frustrations are taken away. You find yourself looking over somebody and waving at them. They look at you like. Contrition. Asking for God's forgiveness. We got to talking about the kingdom of God. We got to talking about repentance last night. Repentance isn't because you're sorrowful uh, over something so you get out of trouble, but repentance is actually asking for forgiveness because you erred against God's righteousness and you don't want to live that type of life that you're asking God to forgive you and you plan on changing, that you realize you have a problem and you need to get it fixed and through his forgiving grace and his power and you ask him to forgive you, you are placing yourself saying, I'm willing to change. I read a story last night. Sister Dodie and I was, Pastor Dodie and I was talking at the hospital while we're waiting for Pastor Chuck to get back from the x-ray. And There was two or three ladies standing around out in the hallway of the church, out in the vestibule or the foyer, and they were back there and they were putting down a, they got to talking about a lady talking about how bad her kids were, talking about how bad she looked, how bad she acted, and how bad she uh, didn't fit in. But they didn't realize that she had been back right behind them in the coat rack looking for her coat. And she grabs her coat and she screams and cries and runs out. The woman runs to her and says, I'm sorry. But the thing is, she's sorry because she got caught. To get forgiveness, to be really sorry, is when it says, I've done you wrong. And I'm the one that has sinned. And I'm asking you to forgive me. And I promise you that I won't do that. I'm changing. And will you keep me in prayer? That's when you really repented. Just saying sorry just gets you out of the situation. You're sorry you gossiped. But you're sorry because you got caught or you're sorry you embarrassed yourself. But repentance is when you say, God, 
in this prayer that I'm about to pray. I'm asking you to help me change. I'm asking you to let me be in the place that I'm capable of overcoming what has overcome me. I no longer want to live like this. Every day that I live like this, I get the same type of terrible outcomes. Yes, I have temporary. Yes, come on, Holy Ghost, preach this thing. I have temporary happiness, but it seems soon to go away, and there's no really peace within inside me because why? God, I'm lost and undone without you. I'm doing the wrong things, and I'm not asking you to forgive me because I'm just sorry. I'm asking you to forgive me because I want to change. I don't want to live this way anymore. I'm tired of the imprisonment. I'm tired of the pain. I'm tired of the hurt. God, I want to change. I want to be more like you. Well, Bishop, it's easy for you to say that. You've been in ministry for going on 38 years. Folks, let me tell you something. There are many times I have to tell God, say, God, I need to change. I got some things in my life just ain't right. Folks, anybody can get into gossiping. Then you have the prayer of petition, asking God for a favor. God, my daughter's sick. When's the last time you walked through your house and got you some anointing on us? God, I just dedicate this home to you. I'm praying against the spirit of sickness. You know, folks, I'm gonna tell you right now, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but God said he came to give life and life more abundantly. And I spoke to you the week before last and I told you the heart of Emily and how that Emily doesn't want to miss church but because of the illness. And I finally, I, I just said, God, I'm not blaming you, but you know what? The devil thinks he's got some type of permission to get in this house and make my family sick. I'm tired of the illness that's living in this place and, and is attached to this place. And This is the house that I live in and for me and my house, we're going to serve God and I'm calling for healing in my house. Well, I believe I'm getting a cold. Pull the music back a little bit right now, brother, and I'll ask you to come up and bring it up a little bit. Well, I, I think I'm going to get, I, I believe I'm getting a cold. Well, according to your faith, you're getting a cold. Well, I just pray the Lord just make them get in an accident so they'll end up in the hospital and they'll finally realize they need Jesus. Lord, just bring them down and put them in the bed of sickness and they'll call upon your name. No, you're just going to have a sick sinner. But until you start praying, God, you just put that love of who you are all over them. 
and let them start feeling your crushing power of your glory and your grace. Lord, bless them. Let, let what they have be doubled or tripled. God, just go ahead and pour some blessing out upon them. And somebody says, well, I can't pray like that. They might be uh, taking that money and you putting it where they shouldn't, you know, their habit or something like that. No, God, just bless them, bless them, bless them, because you know what? After a while, they'll have to stop and say, I didn't deserve this, and I know that only God could do this for me in my life, and they turn to God. See, pray good things, pray good things, pray good things. Don't ever pray expecting God to be your bodyguard or revenge or your, well, Lord, I just want you to hurt him. God, oh, we'll use this one. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Yeah, he'll revenge. You don't have to say a thing about it. He knows what it's about. But you don't need to go pray, God, cause something bad to happen to them. And I'm going to tell you, I'm guilty of that in the past. How many of you ever been guilty of that? Well, Lord, watch them. They're just going to get sick. Watch this. And I'm going to stand back and say, I told you, I'm going to show you right now. They should never touch me. God's going to get them and make them sick. How many people have been there? Well, let me share with you. Leave it up to God. Leave it up to God. Part of your prayer is saying, God, thy will be done, not mine. I don't, in other words, he said, bless those that spitefully use you. Come on, if you're going to bless them, in other words, hey, let me buy you dinner. Let me be something good to you. In other words, you're going to heap coals of fire upon them because why? You didn't become what they are. You stayed who God made you. Come on, and when you stay who God made you, you won't become who they are and that they may see how you they can become and they become like you because God has touched you. How many of us use this prayer for the wrong reasons? Some of you, well, Lord, make me a millionaire. You'd never show up at church. You'd be down at the lake or the coast all the time because you'd be in the hotels living it up. You'd be, because what? Your God become your money. But when you can see that God blesses you financially, that all you got in your mind is how I'm going to build the kingdom of God and I'm going to use it for his kingdom. I'm going to build up a church. I'm going to raise up a people. I'm going to bless the evangelists and I'm going to bless ministry. I'm going to bless. When you got blessing in your mind, then God says, now that's the person I can trust. Amen. Then he'll give you a little bit to see if you can do with it what he asked you to do. I said he'll give you a little bit just to try test you. That $1,000 you got, oh, praise God, and all the ones you just ran out and blew it. Gone. And then you're over to God, God, I need it. No, let me tell you, he's looking for something. I don't know why I'm this part of prayer, but it's not even in my notes. You can look at my notes. This ain't even close. Say you get $10,000. That's a lot of money to you. It's okay. But don't impress me. Really? No, for what we got to do for the kingdom of God, $10,000 ain't even going to touch it. Hello, somebody. But here's the deal. The biggest thing the devil will always try to use against the church is the finances to keep it back. You know, they'll have people, they're on fire for God, and they were praying, and they're all in the altar. They're in the schools, and they're everything else. And all at once, the bank account of the church just keeps going. And then somebody steps up and said, I'm going to be obedient. What if everybody was obedient? What if everybody just stepped up and said, you know what? For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, and we're not going to see the house of God go down, and we're going to bless, and we're going to bless, and we're going to bless because he blesses. And you give abundantly, and I'm not preaching about 
about money. I'm not a money preacher. But all I'm saying is when you see the $10,000 isn't a whole lot, then God can give you that amount so you will use it for God's glory. I got to get back to prayer. <laughs> Did anybody just get that? I've seen people get quite a bit bit of uh, of money, and you know what they've done? They, they, they honored God with it. That's when God can he bless them. But then all at once, the devil wants you to start honoring things that you shouldn't be doing with it. That's because, have you prayed about it? Well, I don't see nothing wrong with it because you, you said, I. Does God see something wrong with it? If I just got your toes, I really meant to get your kneecaps <laughs> because you'll kneel at an altar and God will get your heart. Don't go back to enslavement where God once delivered you from, but now you, you're going back to it again and you've got more faith in, in that than you do God. Adoration, contrition, petition. What do you think the last form of prayer is? We have that that's praising God, asking God's forgiveness, asking God for favor. Now we're showing God gratitude. Why do we bow our head and pray over our food? You know how many people don't have food to eat? It's one thing that what you do in private really tells a lot about you. And Brother Charlie Munson didn't know I was going to mention him in my sermon today. Now, he knows. He's been doing some night security for us, and we've had some security concerns. Actually, Monday night when we were in school, there was a man that came underneath our steps and was looking in the windows. And uh, so Pastor Edmar saw him, and we went out and try to see what he needed, but he ran. And so they, you know, uh, you never know what they want. But we have cameras that not only do they see you, they hear you. And I can talk to you through those cameras. Did y'all know that? I can talk through that camera and I can be in China. I got this little app on my phone. I push a button. It shows a little house. It comes on, and there's camera, and it lights up this sanctuary, and it lights up all downstairs, and lights up all in the foyer. And so if you've been saying stuff you shouldn't say, probably I heard it. Anyway, <laughs> watch this. I'm going to talk about a couple people here. Oh, Charlie, he's doing some night security. He get hungry in the middle of the night. And he moves around, and this little ding comes on my phone saying there's movement in the church. Well, he was, he was cooking him some good old food. He was over in that kitchen, and I said, motion in kitchen. <laughs> so there he is. But here, here I did. I just hit it, and there he was, and he, he went over. Now, he, he don't know nobody looking. And he could have got that fork and tore into that big old plate of food, just... What did he do? He had his hat on that day. He took his hat off and he put his hands beside his plate. He gave thanks to the Lord. 
what you do in private really tells who you really are with God. Then we got a little lady called Lisa. She becomes a singing star while running a vacuum cleaner. She'll be in here and he'll, she'll be going through here in that vacuum cleaner and she's just saying, oh, what's one of your songs you like to sing? You can, you can hear all the ones, that camera go, ding, motion in the sanctuary. Okay, there's Sister Lisa. Well, once you see it, you can hear everything. She's over there saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. <laughs> kind of tells you who you are outside of the viewing of other people. That's what prayer will do. It'll bring you to a place of influence that when you get under its influence, what it is, you're getting under the influence that you want to communicate with God and God talks with you. They made fun of President, Vice President Pence because he said that Jesus speaks to him and they were making fun of him on The View. If you watch The View, you need saved. I can't stand it. I just can't stand it. Somebody says, well, I watch The View when I'm saved. Pray about it. It says this, that quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying and prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Then he asked this. In conclusion, he said in verse 25, brethren, pray for us. If you've run out of all the reasons to pray about you, pray for me. Brother Felix, he loved, he does our bread ministries and this man is dedicated to it. My job has interfered with it. Him and I would go out. And we'd have time. We're always talking about the Lord, don't we, Brother Felix? Always talking about Jesus. Always giving God praise. This man, he comes and he goes to, to Safeway. He works. I'm just talking about, but the thing is that he does it with joy because why? He says, I want to be a blessing to our church. Can we just thank God for that? See, do you understand what's going on? Jesus prayed often and taught his disciples how to pray. When we pray, watch this. Number one, we build up, build our relationship with God. We humble our will to his will. When you pray, it helps us humble our will to his will. When you stay in communication with God long enough, you'll want to please the Lord more than please yourself. And he wants to please you. So get it straight. If I can just say it, oh, hillbilly way, just get it straight right up front. You don't have to ask God, but it's good to talk to him about it. But you don't have to ask God to be good to you. He wants to be. 
You don't have to beg him for blessing. He wants to bless you. But he asked you, said, if you'll do this, I will do this. It's contingent upon your obedience to him. He said, if you diligently seek me and keep my commandments, I'm going to open up. He says, I'm going to pour out blessings on you. He said, you'll be blessed going in and coming out. You'll be blessed in the city and you'll be blessed in the country. Your family going to be blessed. Your, your children going to be blessed. He said, if you'll just do this and if you want, diligently seek me. How do you do that? Through prayer. He's not hiding behind the piano. That's not the kind of seeking he's talking about. You don't have to go get a map to find God. You get the book, and he's all in it. It's called his word. Number one, we build our relationship with God. Number two, we humble our will to his will. Number three, we praise God for all he has given us. When we pray, you'll learn to, you'll, your prayer life will turn to praise life because you will praise him. And number four, we trust God for what we do not have while believing we can have it. Just as a person that has a habit, they continuously desire and crave the moment that it is just them alone while being under the influence of it. You'll, so, so what if we had the craving to pray like somebody had a craving for a drug? If someone had the craving for pornography, I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Somebody having a craving for physical relationship been real nice. What if we prayed and we had a desire to pray and talk with God and just be under the influence of his, his presence and under his word and just being in, because I'm going to get into some more influence, but we are influenced by prayer. You know what my grandson told me? Little Christian was over at my house Friday night and he, they, I invited him and Faith to spend the night with us and we watched a movie and I cooked them breakfast the next morning I was having some pain issues and I started coughing and asthmatic thing and he said, you need to go to the doctor. Well, that's the way little Christian says. I said, he said, have you been to doctor, uh, Papa? I said, no. So you need to go to the doctor. He said, no, 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 no. Pray. Ask God to help you. Come on. Then he was talking about another thing, and then he, he alluded back to, Grandpa, Papa, if you'll just pray. Well, let me talk about prayer and powerful prayer, and I'm about to close. As you'll find another song, brother. You ready? Back when I was a young kid at about the age of seven years old, six or seven years old, we went to go visit my grandfather over in West Virginia. Now, we lived in West Virginia or Ohio one. I, seven year, I lived in Ohio, and we went down to West Virginia. And when we went down to West Virginia to, to visit, they live way back up on a mountain. Now, you either live on, in the creek or up on the hill. 
because there ain't no flatlands. There ain't none of this flat stuff around West Virginia. You're down by the river. You got a little bit of a, a, a landing, then it's straight up mountains. Well, they lit back up on the hill about a mile or so. And up there on the hill, we got up there that night and it got bedtime and they put me off in a little room with a little single bed. When they closed that old door, it was dark and I looked over in the corner and there was a monster. There was a man in that corner. I said, Lord Jesus. Now, my mama always told me, son, son, if you ever get afraid, just pray the name of Jesus. I'd look over there. I'd see that thing. Oh, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the devil. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. To me, it was the devil. It was a monster. It was the thing standing over in the corner. I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me. I'm praying all night long. I finally, about maybe 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, I got so tired. I was praying, but I finally went to sleep. I woke up in the morning. It was a coat rack with a hat on it. <laughs> well, what's that got to do? At least I still, in my fear, I called upon Jesus. And he helped me go to sleep. And he let me realize that my fears were wrong. And he, through prayer, kept me safe. And the next morning, I had a peace because I realized what my mind would imagine. Does somebody need this today? What my mind would imagine was healed through the power of prayer. You see, it's kind of like that little boy. He was coming home from school. When he got home, he was soaking wet. His mama said, Jimmy, what you been doing? He says, well, I was going across the covered bridge down there, and I saw the water, and I just jumped in. Well, son, you're with your school clothes and you don't need to be. He says, well, the devil made me do it. She said, well, you tell that devil get behind you. He came home next day soaking wet. She said, Jimmy, what'd you do? And he says, I went in the creek again. He said, I told you, son, to tell the devil. He said, well, the devil made me do it. He says, now hold on here. I told you to tell the devil get behind you. He said, I did, and he pushed me in. Sometimes we're praying the wrong way. Can you pray the wrong way? You can pray selfishly. You pray it's all about you and not about others. When you start praying for others, God will do things about you. Amen? Let's look at some influences that we talked about last time. It says, just as a person has a habit, they continuously desire and crave that moment that is just them alone and being under that influence. An alcoholic can't wait for that drink. A, a drug addict plans how to obtain their next fix. A foodaholic, oh, let's just go ahead and talk about that. Has their mind on the items that they will devour no matter what they're involved in. They can't just wait, they can't wait to get to that quadruple hamburger. There are so many influences I can mention, but the influence of prayer will deliver you and set you free of all the negative influence one may be battling. 
Verse 17, it said, pray without ceasing. Get under the influence of prayer. Prayer produces salvation. Prayer allows one to be sanctified. Prayer opens the heart to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Prayer heals the sick. And prayer builds your faith. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, just a moment, please, you've seen me enough. and I want to ask you something. Is it hard for you to pray? Well, let me tell you why it's hard for you to pray because the devil wants to remind you of all you're doing wrong. And he knows that moment that you get into realistic communication with God. You have deliverance and he don't want you delivered. He don't want you saved. There's some of you, I'm going to tell you right now, setting up on the piano a while ago, the Lord showed me that there was a call upon your life as a young man. God wants you to know that that calling is still there. And God believes in you, though you haven't believed in him for a while. Sing it together. Young lady, there's a call on your life. You're not getting into spiritual imprisonment by serving God and doing what God. You're getting into spiritual freedom where other people can be set free to You're not here by mistake. You're here by the invitation of the Lord and you accepted that and you're sitting underneath a sermon about prayer because God said if you will pray, the Bible clearly says in Romans 10, 13, that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The enemy of your soul doesn't want you forgiven and walking in that purity and righteousness of God, walking in the kingdom of God and his authority and power. But look what he's been doing to you, the enemy of your soul. Look what he's been doing to you. He's stealing everything that you have. The only time that you really might pray once in a while is maybe get out of trouble. And isn't it something? It wasn't too long ago you said, God, help me, and help came. What if God told you no because you want to keep doing what you're doing? I'm not going to come and help you. But he still sent you help. Why? Because God loves you past the knowledge of you. He knows you're going to do wrong, but he knows this. Sister Wanda, when you call upon him, he says, I am faithful. I might not be the faithful one, but God is faithful. He said, I believe in 1 John 1 and 9, he said, I am faithful and just to forgive you of all your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He didn't say that I will take some of it away. He said, I will take it all away. Can I ask you a question today? Are you ready to say, I want to be under the influence of prayer. I want prayer to be part of my life again. I want prayer to be the number one thing in my life. There's some of you Christians, you've walked away from prayer. You do a lot of other talking, but you've not been talking with God. You need to get back into your prayer time with God and still away with God. How many times has God called you to the secret place that he may be with you and communicate and bless you, but you found something else to fill it up? It's time to put the phone down from Facebook and get into the book and get into God's face, amen? It's time that we get into the place that we're in communication with him. My friend, that's what I loved about John, Brother John Kellogg. He said, I prayed about this and this is what God showed me. As I laid me down to sleep, praise the Lord my soul to keep. That's a nursery rhyme, my friends. It's time to get in prayers.
One thing I do know, Bob, we're going to preach the truth at this church. The truth is going to set you free. Bob, we can come to church and we can stand in the seat all the time. But you ready for this? I know that I asked you to close your eyes and all that, but you can look up now. Watch this. You come stand in the seat and it won't get you to heaven. Did you know that? Well, my mom and dad goes to church. Won't get you to heaven. Why do we teach our children down in the classes about Jesus? Can I ask you a question? Is there something in your life right now that you really need to pray about? It's overcoming you and you got to overcome it. Did you know Christians will sin? You know Christians can be under the influence of demonic attack? You know that they'll believe in the Lord and ask God to save their soul, but they won't give the rest of their life to the Lord and they want to keep doing what they're doing. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I won't spew you out of my mouth. One thing I will do believe, we don't have a lukewarm church overall. We do have some lukewarm people. You're going to get over there and lukewarm, you're going to go do those things you know you shouldn't be doing but as long as nobody's watching that's lukewarm but when you pray say Lord help me when temptation comes go to praying go to praying it won't be that temptation won't come it will trust you me it will I don't care how strong you are in God the devil knows a button to push and he will tempt you It might be tempt you because that's all you do is get angry about things. And so he knows to get you angry all the time because anger is going to produce sinful. He said anger and sin not, but you start saying words you shouldn't say. That's sin. He's looking for someone that says, I'm going to change my words of anger to words of prayer. I'm going to change my words of hate to words of love. I want to change. I don't want to be this way. Until you don't want to be that way again, you'll never come to the fullness of prayer life because it will influence you more than God. Are you ready to change today? Are you ready to say, God, here I am. I'm going to trust you. How am I going to do that? Guess what you've got to do? Pray. Pray.